Section 14, Volume 3 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For further information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 3, Section 14. When it was the one hundred and forty-seventh night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the peahen heard from the duck this story, she wondered with exceeding wonder, and said to her, O my sister, here thou art safe from the son of Adam, for we are in one of the islands of the sea, whither there is no way for the son of Adam. So do thou take up thine abode with us, till Allah make easy thy case, and our case. Quoth the duck, I fear lest some calamity come upon me by night, for no runaway can rid him of fate by flight. Rejoined the peahen, Abide with us, and be like unto us, and ceased not to persuade her till she yielded, saying, O oh, my sister, thou knowest how weak is my resistance, but verily had I not seen thee here, I had not remained. Said the peahen, That which is on our foreheads we must indeed fulfil, and when our doomed day draweth near, who shall deliver us? But not a soul departeth, except it have accomplished its predestined livelihood and term. Now, the while they talked thus, a cloud of dust appeared and approached them, at sight of which the duck shrieked aloud and ran down into the sea, crying out, Beware, beware, though flight there is not from fate and lot. After a while the dust opened out and discovered under it an antelope, whereat the duck and the peahen were reassured, and the peacock's wife said to her companion, this thou seest, and wouldst have me beware of, is an antelope, and here he is making for us. He will do us no hurt, for the antelope feedeth upon the herbs of the earth, and even as thou art of the bird kind, so is he of the beast kind. Be therefore of good cheer, and cease care-taking, for care-taking wasteth the body. Hardly had the peahen done speaking, when the antelope came up to them, thinking to shelter him under the shade of the tree, and sighting the peahen and the duck, saluted them, and said, I came to this island to-day, and I have seen none richer in herbage, nor pleasanter for habitation. Then he besought them for company and amity, and when they saw his friendly behaviour to them, they welcomed him, and gladly accepted his offer. So they struck up a sincere friendship, and swear thereto, and they slept in one place, and they ate and drank together, nor did they cease dwelling in safety, eating and drinking their fill, till one day there came thither a ship which had strayed from her course in the sea. She cast anchor near them, and the crew came forth and dispersed about the island. They soon caught sight of the three friends, antelope, peahen, and duck, and made for them, whereupon the peahen flew up into the tree, and thence winged her way through the air, and the antelope fled into the desert, but the duck abode paralysed by fear. So they chased her till they caught her, and she cried out and said, Caution availed me naught against fate and lot, and they bore her off to the ship. 
Now when the peahen saw what had betided the duck, she removed from the island, saying, I see that misfortunes lie in ambush for all. But for yonder ship, parting had not befallen between me and this duck, because she was one of the truest of friends. Then she flew off and rejoined the antelope, who saluted her and gave her joy of her safety, and asked for the duck, to which she replied, The enemy hath taken her, and I loathe the sojourn of this island after her. Then she wept for the loss of the duck, and began repeating, The day of parting cut my heart in twain, in twain may Allah cut the parting day. And she spake also this couplet, I pray some day that we reunion gain, so I may tell him parting's ugly way. The antelope sorrowed with great sorrow, but dissuaded the peahen from her resolve to remove from the island. So they abode there together with him, eating and drinking, in peace and safety, except that they ceased not to mourn for the loss of the duck. And the antelope said to the peahen, O oh, my sister, thou seest how the folk who came forth of the ship were the cause of our severance from the duck, and of her destruction. So do thou beware of them, and guard thyself from them, and from the wile of the son of Adam and his guile. But the peahen replied, I am assured that naught caused her death, save her neglecting to say, Subhanallah, glory to God. Indeed, I often said to her, Exclaim thou, praised be Allah, and verily I fear for thee, because thou neglectest to laud the Almighty. For all things created by Allah glorify him on this wise, and whoso neglecteth the formula of praise, him destruction waylays. When the antelope heard the peahen's words, he exclaimed, Allah, make fair thy face, and betook himself to repeating the formula of praise, and ceased not therefrom a single hour. And it is said that his form of adoration was as follows. Praise be to the requiter of every good and evil thing, the Lord of Majesty, and of kings the King. And a tale is also told on this wise of the hermits. A certain hermit worshipped on a certain mountain, whither resorted a pair of pigeons, and the worshipper was wont to make two parts of his daily bread. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of the day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the one hundred and forty-eighth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the worshipper was wont to make two parts of his daily bread, eating one half himself, and giving the other to the pigeon pair. He also prayed for them both, that they might be blessed with issue, so they increased and multiplied greatly. Now they resorted only to that mountain where the hermit was, and the reason of their foregathering with the holy man was their assiduity in repeating, Praised be Allah! For it is recounted that the pigeon said in praise, Praised be the creator of all creatures, the distributor of daily bread, the builder of the heavens, and dispreader of the earths. And that couple ceased not to dwell together in the happiest of life, they and their brood, till the holy man died, when the company of the pigeons was broken up, and they dispersed among the towns and villages and mountains. Now it is told that on a certain other mountain there dwelt a shepherd, 
a man of piety and good sense and chastity and he had flocks of sheep which he tended and he made his living by their milk and wool the mountain which gave him a home abounded in trees and pasturage and also in wild beasts but these had no power over his flocks so he ceased not to dwell upon that highland in full security taking no thought to the things of the world by reason of his beatitude and his assiduity in prayer and devotion till allah ordained that he should fall sick with exceeding sickness thereupon he betook himself to a cavern in the mountain and his sheep used to go out in the morning to the pasturage and take refuge at night in the cave but allah almighty being minded to try him and prove his patience and his obedience sent him one of his angels who came in to him in the semblance of a fair woman and sat down before him when the shepherd saw that woman seated before him his flesh shuddered at her with horripilation and he said to her o thou woman what was it invited thee to this my retreat i have no need of thee nor is there aught betwixt me and thee which calleth for thy coming in to me quoth she o man dost thou not behold my beauty and loveliness and the fragrance of my breath and knowest thou not the need women have of men and men of women so who shall forbid thee from me when i have chosen to be near thee and desire to enjoy thy company indeed i come to thee willingly and do not withhold myself from thee and near us there is none whom we need fear and i wish to abide with thee as long as thou sojournest in this mountain and be thy companion and true friend i offer myself to thee for thou needest the service of woman and if thou have carnal connection with me and know me thy sickness shall be turned from thee and health returned to thee and thou wilt repent thee of the past for having forsworn the company of women during the days that are now no more in very sooth i give thee good advice so incline to my counsel and approach me quoth the shepherd go out from me o woman deceitful and perfidious i will not incline to thee nor approach thee i want not thy company nor wish for union with thee he who coveteth the coming life renounceth thee for thou seducest mankind those of past time and those of present time Allah the Most High lieth in wait for his servants, and woe unto him who is cursed with thy company. Answered she, O thou that errest from truth, and wanderest from the way of reason, turn thy face to me, and look upon my charms, and take thy full of my nearness, as did the wise who have gone before thee. Indeed they were richer than thou in experience, and sharper of wit, withal they rejected not as thou rejectest the enjoyment of women nay they took their pleasure of them and their company even as thou renouncest them and it did them no hurt in things temporal or things spiritual wherefore do thou recede from thy resolve and thou shalt praise the issue of thy case rejoined the shepherd all thou sayest i deny and abhor and all thou offerest i reject for thou art cunning and perfidious, and there is no honesty in thee, nor is there honour. How much of foulness hidest thou under thy beauty, and how many a pious man hast thou seduced from his duty, 
and made his end penitence and perdition. Avaunt from me, O thou who devotest thyself to corrupt others. Thereupon he threw his goat's hair cloak over his head, that he might not see her face, and betook himself to calling upon the name of his Lord. And when the angel saw the excellence of his submission to the divine will, he went out from him and ascended to heaven. Now hard by the hermit's hill was a village wherein dwelt a pious man, who knew not the other's station, till one night he heard in a dream a voice saying to him, In such a place near to thee is a devout man, go thou to him, and be at his command. So when morning dawned he set out to wend thither, and what time the heat was grievous upon him, he came to a tree which grew beside a spring of running water. So he sat down to rest in the shadow of that tree, and behold, he saw beasts and birds coming to that fount to drink, and when they caught sight of the devotee sitting there, they took fright and fled from before his face. Then said he, There is no majesty, and there is no might, save in Allah. I rest not here but to hurt of these beasts and fowls. So he arose, blaming himself, and saying, Verily my tarrying here this day hath wronged these animals, and what excuse have I towards my Creator, and the Creator of these birds and beasts, for that I was the cause of their flight from their drink, and their daily food, and their place of pasturage? Alas for my shame before my Lord on the day when he shall avenge the hornless sheep on the sheep with horns! And he wept, and began repeating these couplets. Now an, by Allah, unto man were fully known, Why he is made, in careless sleep he ne'er would wone. First death, then cometh wake, and dreadful day of doom, Reproof with threats, sore terror, frightful malice on. Bid we, or else forbid we, all of us are like, The cave companions, when at length their sleep was done. Then he again wept, for that he had driven the birds and beasts from the spring by sitting down under the tree, and he fared on till he came to the shepherd's dwelling, and going in, saluted him. The shepherd returned his salutation, and embraced him, weeping, and saying, What hath brought thee to this place where no man hath ever yet come to me? Quoth the other devotee, I saw in my sleep one who described to me this thy stead, and bade me repair to thee, and salute thee, so I came in obedience to the commandment. The shepherd welcomed him, rejoicing in his company, and the twain abode upon that mountain, worshipping Allah with the best of worship, and they ceased not serving their Lord in the cavern, and living upon the flesh and milk of their sheep, having clean put away from them riches and children, and what not, till the certain, the inevitable, became their lot. And this is the end of their story. Then said King Shahryar, O Shahrazad, thou wouldst cause me to renounce my kingdom, and thou makest me repent of having slain so many women and maidens. Hast thou any bird stories? Yes, replied she, and began to tell the tale of the waterfowl and the tortoise. It is related by truthful men, O king, that a certain bird flew high up firmamentwards, and presently lit on a rock in the midst of water which was running. 
and as he sat there behold the current carried to him the carcass of a man and lodged it against the rock for being swollen it floated the bird which was a waterfowl drew near and examining it found that it was the dead body of a son of adam and saw in it sign of spear and stroke of sword so he said to himself i presume that this man who hath been slain was some evil-doer and that a company banded themselves together against him and put him to death and were at peace from him and his evil-doing and as he continued marvelling at this suddenly the vultures and kites came down upon the carcass from all sides and got round it which when the waterfowl saw he feared with sore affright and said i cannot abide here any longer so he flew away in quest of a place where he might wone till that carcass should come to an end and the birds of prey leave it and he stayed not in his flight till he found a river with a tree in its midst so he alighted on the tree troubled and distraught and sore grieved for departing from his birthplace and said to himself verily sorrows cease not to follow me i was at my ease when i saw that carcass and rejoiced therein with much joy saying this is a gift of daily bread which allah hath dealt to me but my joy became a noy and my gladness turned to sadness for the ravenous birds which are like lions seized upon it and tear it to pieces and came between me and my prize so how can i hope to be secure from misfortune in this world or put any trust therein indeed the proverb saith the world is the dwelling of him who hath no dwelling he who hath no wits is cozened by it and entrusteth it with his wealth and his child and his family and his folk and whoso is cozened ceaseth not to rely upon it pacing proudly upon earth until he is laid under earth and the dust is cast over his corpse by him who of all men was dearest to him and nearest but naught is better for generous youth than patience under its cares and miseries i have left my native place and it is abhorrent to me to quit my brethren and friends and loved ones now whilst he was thus musing lo a male tortoise descended into the river and approaching the waterfowl saluted him saying o my lord what hath exiled thee and driven thee so far from thy place replied the waterfowl the descent of enemies thereon for the wise brooketh not the neighbourhood of his foe and how well saith the poet whenas on any land the oppressor doth alight there's nothing left for those that dwell therein but flight quoth the tortoise if the matter be as thou sayest and the case as thou describest i will not leave thee nor cease to stand before thee that i may do thy need and fulfil thy service for it is said that there is no sorer desolation than that of him who is an exile cut off from friends and home and it is also said that no calamity equaleth that of severance from the good but the best solace for men of understanding is to seek companionship in strangerhood and be patient under sorrows and adversity wherefore i hope that thou wilt approve of my company for i will be to thee a servant and a helper now when the waterfowl heard the tortoise's words he answered 
verily thou art right in what thou sayest for by my life i have found grief and pain in separation that while i have been parted from my place and sundered from my brethren and friends seeing that in severance is an admonition to him who will be admonished and matter of thought for him who will take thought if the generous youth find not a companion to console him weal is for ever cut off from him and ill is eternally established with him and there is nothing for the sage but to solace himself in every event with brethren and be constant in patience and endurance indeed these two are praiseworthy qualities and both uphold one under calamities and vicissitudes of the world and ward off startling sorrows and harrowing cares come what will rejoined the tortoise beware of sorrow for it will spoil thy life and waste thy manliness and the two gave not over conversing till the bird said never shall i cease fearing the shifts of time and vicissitudes of events when the tortoise heard this he came up to him and kissing him between the eyes said to him never may the company of the birds cease to be blessed in thee and through thee and find wisdom in thy good counsel how shalt thou be burdened with care and harm and he went on to comfort the waterfowl and soothe his terrors till he became reassured then he flew to the place where the carcass was and found on arriving there the birds of prey gone and they had left nothing of the body but bones whereupon he returned to the tortoise and acquainted him with the fact that the foe had disappeared from his place saying know that of a truth i long for return homewards to enjoy the society of my friends for the sage cannot endure separation from his native place so they both went thither and found naught to affright them whereupon the waterfowl began repeating and haply when as straight descends on lot of generous youth right sore with allah only lies his issue from annoy he straightened but full oft when rings and meshes straightest clip he scapes his straight and joyance finds albe i see no joy so the twain abode in that island and while the waterfowl was enjoying a life of peace and gladness suddenly fate led thither a hungry falcon which drove its talons into the bird's belly and killed him nor did caution avail him when his term of life was ended. Now the cause of his death was that he neglected to use the formula of praise, and it is said that his form of adoration was as follows, Praised be our Lord in that he ordereth and ordaineth, and praised be our Lord in that he enricheth and impoverisheth. Such was the waterfowl's end, and the tale of the ravenous birds and when it was finished quoth the sultan o shahrazad verily thou overwhelmest me with admonitions and salutary instances hast thou any stories of beasts yes answered she and began to tell the tale of the wolf and the fox know o king that a fox and a wolf once cohabited in the same den harbouring therein together by day resorting thither by night but the wolf was cruel and oppressive to the fox 
they abode thus a while till it so befell that the fox exhorted the wolf to use gentle dealing and leave off his ill deeds saying if thou persist in thine arrogance belike allah will give the son of adam power over thee for he is past master in guile and wile and by his artifice he bringeth down the birds from the firmament and he haleth the mighty fish forth of the flood-waters and he cutteth the mountain and transporteth it from place to place all this is of his craft and wiliness wherefore do thou betake thyself to equity and fair dealing and leave frowardness and tyranny and thou shalt fare all the better for it but the wolf would not accept his counsel and answered him roughly saying what writest thou to speak of matters of weight and importance and he dealt the fox a cuff that laid him senseless but when he revived he smiled in the wolf's face and excusing himself for his unseemly speech repeated these two couplets if any sin i sinned or i did aught in love of you which hateful mischief wrought my sin i saw repent and pardon sue so give the sinner gift of pardon sought the wolf accepted his excuse and held his hand from further ill-treatment saying speak not of what so concerneth thee not lest thou hear what will please thee not answered the fox to hear is to obey and shahrazad perceived the dawn of the day and ceased to say her permitted say end of section fourteen of the book of a thousand nights and a night volume three